Welcome to the Holistic Icon Podcast, hosted by Dr. Nisha Chellam, a board-certified internist and holistic medicine specialist who understands the science of disease and the art of healing. Every week, Dr. Nisha gives you tips on how to take control of your health, because you are your best doctor. Here's your host and author of Transform Your Thyroid, Dr. Nisha Chellam. Hi guys, Dr. Chalam and Marina from Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi. Otherwise, we are known as the Holistic Icon Team. And now we're back on our um, Wednesday afternoon podcast. Looks like we're a couple of minutes behind schedule because as usual, we have technical difficulties. And I think Marina is trying to no, still no. get it into Instagram. And um, so it may or may not happen. Not sure. There you go. Okay, so um, today's topic is an interesting one, Um, and this is something we don't talk about much, and a lot of people, when they come to um, go to a physician, I think they talk about all the things that they uh, feel in terms of pain, but uh, talking about libido is something that both, 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 I think, men and women tend to have a little difficult time bringing it up. Um, It is something that as um, a physician, we have to ask that question, do you have a problem with it? Now, erectile dysfunction, I think most men talk about it very easily because there are medications available and that's something they will talk about. But women in general never get asked this question, never um, get to um, really discuss it. And I wanted to bring um, bring it to the forefront because I think it's one of the very crucial symptoms that we should actually address or it kind of tells us that there's an underlying problem in your physiology and biochemistry when you have a problem with libido. So so let's define, I guess, what libido is. Um, Libido really is the uh, desire um, um, for the intimacy. And a lot of times um, people can uh, go on uh, for years without having that feeling. And the same underlying reasons that cause us to have health issues really affect libido. And let's look at um, the various things if you really start looking at libido. Sometimes libido is connected to infertility. And things that cause infertility uh, can also cause a problem with libido later on in life. You may not initially have a problem with libido, but the same uh, medical issues that cause infertility can be responsible for the loss of libido later on in life. Uh, But remember, the commonest reasons why we fall sick, um, again, getting back to that, do you remember what that is? The one reason why every anybody and everybody can be sick is stress. 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 And when you think about stress, um, if you are, like stress is called fight, fright or flight, or fight or flight. Fright tonight, because it is Halloween. So. It is fright. Probably <laughs> that's it's fright. That's true. That's fright. But when you have, when you're frightened, you either fight or you fly. You know, you run away from the situation or you stand and fight. When you're doing that, the last thing on your mind is having any physical intimacy, Mm -hmm. right? We just don't think about it as like a tiger or a lion or a snake attacking us. But the things that we experience in life that cause us stress is almost like 
we are experiencing that degree of stress like a tiger lion or mm-hmm. you know something life threatening is happening at least that's no, we're what we're just the, in a car and stuck in traffic it's not life threatening but it is stressful all the time uh, and it, it, how it becomes life threatening is chronically mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. it's not an acute life um, a life threatening event so what the body does when it's stressed it puts out those hormones that will help the uh, body function at a higher level feed, you know, kind of get you the glucose, Um, then it decreases your desire, number one, to eat in some people, in other people they overeat, but generally your appetite goes down a little, sometimes it can go up if your glucose levels, your storage is not enough, and uh, your um, eyesight becomes a little sharper, Uh, your heart rate goes up, your muscles get more blood supply, but the rest of the organs, like sexual desire, actually goes down. So think of it, when you have a loss of libido, you really need to address, I know everybody goes for the hormones, and particularly men will want to do testosterone shots. Mm -hmm. Um, And testosterone shots, even though temporarily they do increase libido, particularly in women over men, they do decrease fertility. So Instead of thinking about the hormones, look at what is causing your hormonal disruption. And I think those are the things we're going to address. The most important when it comes to stress, the area of the body that gets affected is what we call the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary axis. And the hypothalamic pituitary axis produces those hormones that stimulate the production of our reproductive hormones, the estrogen, the progesterone, and the testosterone. And the adrenals too. Yes, all of them come from the HPA axis. So when one is higher, the others go low. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when you have anything that affects the HPA axis, we spoke about inflammation, I'm sorry, stress. The next one is inflammation. So if there's a chronic inflammatory status, like when you have infection, when you eat foods that are uh, you're kind of uh, toxic to you, the HPA axis gets suppressed and therefore you do not get that um, uh, the stimulation of the hormones, testosterone or estrogen. Women who have low estrogens tend to have low libido. Um, as opposed to having a high estrogen. But when you have high estrogen and you have low testosterone, also you have loss of libido. So we don't win either way. We have high (laughs) estrogen or low estrogen, we uh, run into a problem. So um, honestly speaking, we're looking at what is causing the inflammation, which is causing the disruption of the hormones. So the inflammation can be from infection, can be from a toxin. Now, the third one, which we always bring up in any of our health-related issues, is your gut. When you have a lot of gut issues, there's we a got there quickly today. I know, very. <laughs> it's very. It's very simple. You know, once you understand how the body works, it's very simple. The body usually can fight infection, fight the toxins, um, fight your stress. But when it is, it's. I, I explained this to all our uh, clients as the, um, you know, the liver and the gut trying to be the body's border security patrol. So it's trying to differentiate between tourists and terrorists. So when you, it's something that you need, the liver has to identify and it does a good job of identifying, hey, hey, you're nutrient dense, therefore I'm going to set you up 
to get digested and uh, go to the rest of the body. But when you are a terrorist or a toxin, it has to differentiate that and eliminate it from the body. The problem is when you get a flood of these people and the liver has to sort it out and this, you know, you, don't, you only have so many uh, body security, security patrol personnel and you have a flood of people coming, mistakes happen. And that's how our body gets disrupted. So why do we have a flood? It's usually because there is unrelenting stress unrelenting stress, unrelenting inflammation. It could be due to uh, how you've taken care of yourself. I met with someone yesterday who said, you know, I have a lot of health issues, but I'm running to businesses and that seems to be very important to me. And what really happens is when you make those choices, you're doing that without realizing how these chronic issues going to, is going to become catastrophic. So loss of libido is a huge symptom you need to pay attention to and try to resolve. Now, there is a psychological aspect, too. Um, when you're stressed or you have, um, you've lost connection with the person who you have the sexual intimacy with, that can also affect your libido. And that's something that, you know, you have to identify. It takes a little time to sit down with someone and really identify what might be the cause of this um, loss of libido as a symptom, as opposed to going and trying to get estrogen replacement therapy or testosterone or androgen replacement therapy. So first, figure out if you're trying to sleep with a jerk or not. <laughs> And well, then, that's another way. <laughs> that's another way of no. putting it. <laughs> Let's yeah. look at your gut health. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, I think it's very important a lot. And I think when you look at the history of uh, people who have um, illnesses, chronic illnesses, if you really look at their history, they've lived in a relationship for 10, 15 years, hating every minute of it. Yeah. And you can never figure out why that happens in this day and age of what we call as independence and you know i want to be you guys there's tinder there's bumble yeah. <laughs> like you're not stuck <laughs> yeah a, a lot of times I, th I think there are valid reasons you know, sure. my kids are there financial issues but honestly live your authentic life then it's very easy to differentiate whether this is the right person for you or not that's one part of it but i think the second part of it let's say you have this great relationship but you just don't have the desire. You really, this is the relationship you want to be in. Then start looking at what is going on in your body that is disrupting your hormones. So in women, usually it's a low estrogen uh, state. And the low estrogen state can occur in the presence of autoimmune conditions. Mm. And they found you know, this is a, uh, uh, actually a study that was done. And, you know, I printed out the study. I'm so sorry, guys. I completely, this was one of those days that I left it on the table. But I, I, it was very interesting when they did the autoimmune uh, states was one of the biggest reasons for uh, loss of libido. Gluten sensitivity was 10% of the population, mm -hmm. was one of the reasons for loss of libido. So as much as science, you know, when you look at the medical, the regular medical system that says or, or gluten sensitivities are fat, it's actually not. It, they have found studies that it causes true inflammation, disrupts your what we call the hypothalamic pituitary axis or HPA axis and cause loss of libido. So autoimmune conditions are very important. Then the same inflammatory cycle 
causes what we call ovarian antibodies. So something attacks the ovary, reduces the estrogen production, in fact, can cause also what is called premature ovarian failure. In fact, in the study, they looked at women who, whose ovaries kind of uh, stopped producing eggs and, you know, doing the cycling mm-hmm. at the, between the ages of 35 and 42. So it was very early that they lost their ability to reproduce. And that really caused two things, depression and loss of libido. Then depression per se causes a loss of libido. Hashimoto's is very, very common cause of loss of libido. So if you have very high antibodies, this is something that we find it could be because the body's focus is on trying to protect or defend itself or, you know, the uh, complete uh, attacking of the organ of the body, somehow the thyroid hormone is really connected to your sexual uh, functioning. And then I think the other part of it is, of course, low androgen levels, which means low male hormones in a woman also causes a loss of libido. So, You'll find people who inject this bioidentical hormones, they, um, you know, they do the pellets, they actually like to do androgens in women. And the first thing that happens is they have increased sexual desire because the uh, balance is tipped, but it's not long lasting because you've not addressed the root cause of the loss of libido. So like we always harp about in every all of our podcasts, get to the root cause because there is a root cause for each of your symptoms. To work on the root cause, your storyline is very important. Your blood testing is important. The hormones somewhat help us get to the um, underlying um, uh, dysfunction, but then you have to work your way, uh, rule out autoimmune disorders, rule out Hashimoto's. We got to rule out gut issues, rule out any toxins that's affecting your cells and also measure the hormones to see are you having a low testosterone or low estrogen or a high estrogen extremely high estrogen with a low testosterone and in men is there it's not just um, only about uh, testosterone uh, low testosterone has been associated with infertility so does replacing um, uh, testosterone um, artificially also does um, reduce the fertility issues so once again, when you're looking at um, loss of libido, you got to look at this. There's another aspect that is very important is your vascular health. Now, vascular health really affects um, the um, functioning, like sexual dysfunction, erectile dysfunction is due to poor uh, blood supply, and that can come from atherosclerosis. But to some degree, when you have a lot of vascular issues, I think the hormones also do get affected. So you really, when we do our assessment, we do a metabolic panel, uh, which includes our hormones, includes the inflammatory markers, includes your cholesterol to determine what might be the cause of the loss of libido. I think when you address the inflammation, the stressor, you cannot, you really cannot do anything by just giving hormones if you don't address the underlying stressor. Mm -hmm. So always address the stressor. People will say, and then I think they did... um, a study where um, parents who were taking care of disabled children, they have chronic stress. It's not going to go away because their kids are there. But when they uh, introduced a yoga and meditation, somehow, even though the stressor was the same, 
the response to stress actually changed. Mm-hmm. So there are different ways you can deal with the stress. People always tell me, you know, my job is stressful. There's nothing much I can do. There's always something you can do. The question is, are you willing to look at something different than what you've already done? It's not about taking supplements for adrenal support. It's not about getting shots for hormones. It's really about looking at your life and seeing what is it that you want um, at this moment in life. Is If the stressor is something you need to endure, um, like I said, having a child that's disabled or having a spouse that's not well or um, uh, having a job that you actually love, but you know, there's a moment of stress in that then what you really need to do is how to learn and respond to that stressor. And then, of course, getting your testing done to reduce any other insults to the body mm-hmm. that can cause stress. Yeah, I mean, when you're le- you have these stressors that you know, are inevitable or whatever, you have a situation going on. Um, if you're a nutrition, for example, you're eating pizza every day and like a ton of coffee and things like that. You're, you're adding it to it. Yeah, exactly. Your body doesn't have the nutrition it needs to function well. And so then it's going to be a domino effect. Okay, you have low libido, you have depression, you have all these things because you just don't have the nutrients that you need for your brain to work right, for your gut to work right, all those Uh, And I think the gut bacteria gets affected, right? When you're eating food-like products. So your cells don't get nourished. Your gut doesn't get nourished. Your mitochondria doesn't get nourished. Though the body creates hormonal imbalances in in an effort to reset. It's trying to protect you. These hormonal imbalances are not imbalances you just have. They are something that needs to happen physiologically, but they cause symptoms pathologically, if that makes sense. So instead of trying to, from outside, try to balance the hormones, our goal should be to try and see how can we get these hormones uh, balanced by addressing the cause that's disrupting it. Mm-hmm. And so first, somebody comes in and says, I have loss of libido, that's a sign that there's something else that we need to dig deeper and figure out exactly what. I think so often, especially for women, it's yes. like there's something wrong with you as a person. That's just not the case. It just means that, like you said, a hormonal imbalance, autoimmunity, something else is going on. It's our sign to look further. Yeah, it's usually uh, an autoimmune state uh, that's happening. Either the gut is getting, um, you know, the bacteria in the gut needs to change or the gut itself is inflamed. And we all know about the gut brain axis, especially if you've been listening to us, we keep talking it to you should know together. About it yeah, now. you should hopefully know about it by now. But if you don't look at our previous podcasts, and we do talk a lot about gut health. But without if the gut is not uh, healthy, the rest of the body does not get healthy. And slowly, it's just a slow uh, process by which your hormones get disrupted but don't start treating the hormones again you're looking at it from the end you got to look at it from the root mm-hmm. so the root cause is what we address uh, with your testing and your story and then walking through literally what we do is we work on all the aspects of your life it cannot be just let me talk about nutrition or supplement or hormones we have to address all of them because All of these things got disrupted at the same time. 
and we have to rebuild everything. That's why it becomes a process. And the traditional way of going and seeing a doctor once or twice a year when you have an issue is never going to give you a solution. I really want people to understand how do you really handle health issues when you actually have health issues. It is not about, you know, I go see a doctor, I pay about $200, $300, and I'm going to be well. Or I take supplements for $200, I'm going to be well. It is really about understanding your body, connecting your story to your symptoms, getting the right testing done, and addressing all of those issues, you will find, I think this is something which is very fascinating, happens all the time in our practice, where people by the sixth week, they're with us, they pretty much become Zen. They understand everything and people will come and say, oh my God, if you had told me six weeks ago to give up this, I would have never and today I don't even care for it. Mm -hmm. It just shows your body as the cravings change, your thought processes change, Learn to listen to your body, nourish it, and it will function. So loss of libido is not simply about the hormones. It is much deeper than that. Make sure you get the right help and don't just let it pass. You know, people suffer almost decades before they seek help. And it's just very unfortunate. So from a nutritional standpoint, um, since I'm not having any questions, we're going to have to wrap up unless anybody has any questions. Do you want to just refresh the page to see if there's any questions? Yeah, sure. Um, So from a nutritional standpoint, what do we have for them? Well, since... We're talking about libido, yes. and it is Halloween. This oh. is actually, it's all come together for me today. Uh-uh. We're talking about aphrodisiacs, and pumpkin seeds happen to be one of them. Oh, yeah. Wow. So hopefully you haven't thrown out your pumpkin seeds yet, but um, they're very high in zinc. Okay. So helps for healthy sperm production, mm-hmm. and also helps for um, making sure there's no testosterone deficiency for men. I don't know if it's the same for women or not. You know, a lot of times zinc deficiency causes thyroid dysfunction. Yeah. And, um, and you'll find that's where the libido issues come for women. So zinc is a very, very important mineral in every aspect of thyroid hormone production, mm-hmm. actually. So pumpkin seeds are very high. Also have vitamins B, E, D, C, and K, which help libido as well. In mm-hmm. fact, so you have to nourish your body and all of the processes. Those are all fat-soluble vitamins. Interesting. <laughs> right. And which means hormones are <laughs> fat from mm-hmm. cholesterol. And the other part is you need to have a good gallbladder to get those things absorbed. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people take supplements, but they never check their digestive process. And if you've had your gallbladder removed, you're in trouble. You really need to get your gut totally fixed before you can get these things absorbed. So that's very interesting Mm. to note. It all comes together. So pumpkin seeds, and then you can roast them. Mm -hmm. Um, Chili peppers are also another aphrodisiac. You can go the spicy route, do the chili peppers, helps to increase your heart rate and stimulate endorphins, which is great. Or you can go the sweet route and do cinnamon. So that's an age-old That's true. And, you know, in the Ayurvedic um, world, um, this is specific um, during um, in the Hindu culture, uh, in the Hindu religion, during the festival season when there are uh, prayers, it's almost like the Lent part. 
onions are one thing that people don't have raw onions mm -hmm. or even cooked onions and uh, because it, it works as an aphrodisiac <laughs> so we couldn't eat onions during the uh, <laughs> festival season because of that reason so a lot of foods I think nature just has flooded us with aphrodisiacs so that's funny that you mentioned that because I was reading about these aphrodisiacs and one of them was avocado and I don't know like which religion it was but well, like priests or something and they said the avocado looked like a testicle and their priests weren't like to eat avocados because they thought they would be too sexually stimulated. Oh my god! I eat a lot of avocados. I don't yes. know that I could necessarily say. And so it's like the, the walnuts look like brain. Avocados look. Like, oh, now I'm never gonna look at avocados. <laughs> Everybody eat an avocado a day. Maybe not that much. Like half, half, slice it in half. That makes it exactly like a testicle. Then I'm sorry, guys. I, I, you know, thank God it's on Facebook and Instagram, and I think we're allowed to say these things. But anyways, <laughs> parental <laughs> guidance on this, maybe we should. I know we should the PG PG seventeen, <laughs> PG eighteen. Yeah. But anyways, the bottom line is, I think the fat, uh, fatty foods in general, uh, the good fats are probably very good. But I, I, I think these are all little things that you can do. Ultimately, handle mm -hmm. your stress. Uh, look for the causes of inflammation. Make sure you remove any toxins that are disrupting your hormones. I think that's very important. And obviously, eating to nourish your hormones, I think, is the most important thing. So it doesn't look like we have any questions. Thank you for all of you who joined us. And make sure you support our practice. We're Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi or HolisticIcon.com. Our website is changing. So whatever you see on the website may not exist in a few weeks. Um, and uh, we have, I think we have, our podcast is up on iTunes. And our Facebook page is Nisha Shalom MD. And join our Holistic Icon community. A lot of us, we complain about how the medical system is um, terrible. And, you know, unless you support practices like functional medical practices like ours, it's very difficult for us to provide the kind of care everybody is really looking for. And it does cause um, uh, it, for us to really survive, function and continue to provide this um, uh, kind of care. We need to be supported. So continue to share this video with your friends. So people um, watch our videos, get the information. I think that will be enough support to begin with. Thank you once again for those of you who joined us. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Holistic Icon Podcast. Subscribe for the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or visit holisticicon.com to listen to past episodes. Want to take control of your health and live a life of wellness? Dr. Chellum's best-selling book, Transform Your Thyroid, teaches you how to overcome fatigue, depression, weight gain, and more, and is available on Amazon.com.